Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about different ways to fund education. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. And we are coming to you today from beautiful downtown Van Nuys, Topanga, California, and San Diego. Hey, check it out. Back with us again. It's the Nickster. How you doing, Nick? Dave, it is so good to be here. Good to have you back two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> but, 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 but where is B. Reed? B. Reed is in uh, Chicago. He's got a business meeting there that he's attending. So he has not been with us for um, a couple of weeks now, but he'll be back. He'll be back. So he loves it too much. So- <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me he's scratching off those lotto tickets, huh? I'm telling you, what are you going to do? What are you going <laughs> to do? All right, everybody, let's get back to our five steps to financial freedom. Remember, we initially started with the five steps to financial freedom. And two weeks ago, I said, hey, once you get your ship on an even keel with those five steps, there are three other things that you want to consider. And we are going to talk about the second of those three things. But before we do that, Let's go back and review the five steps to financial freedom. Step number one, Nick. Get rid of the cards. Like it. Know the negative effects of those cards. Don't have any or maybe one if you have to. Step number two. Know your flow. Know what's coming in and out every month. Step number three. Eliminate debt. Three different ways we talked about to do that. It's tough. It's difficult, but it's got to be done. Step number four. Create an emergency fund. And we talked about the peace of mind and the sheer joy of doing this. Step number five. 15% into savings. Right. We talked about doing this for retirement, but we're not using that word so much anymore because we want people to retire perhaps early. So we are calling it the time when you become financially independent. And then we said after that, do whatever you want, but have a plan. And now we are talking about three things that you may want to consider once you've accomplished those five steps to financial success. Three uh, things to look at on a go forward basis. And last week, last week, we talked about considering housing. Do you want to buy? Do you want to rent? What are the advantages and disadvantages of both? This week, we're going to talk about considering education. Now, all of our readers are probably thinking our readers, our listeners, I mean, are going, but Dave, I'm I'm educated. I got my education. Yeah, that's true. So maybe I'm talking about kids or potentially your kids somewhere down the line, or maybe your grandkids potentially somewhere down the line, who knows? But why should we think about this? Well, first of all, 
Student loan debt is out of control. We've talked about this. I saw a survey that that looked at the class of 2019, and the survey showed that 69% of the college students took out student loans, and they graduated with an average debt of $29,000. In fact, we talked about the fact that there's more student loan debt in the country than there is credit card debt. It's very tough to pay as you go for an education, and thus we have all these loans. However, it's even crazier to borrow when you're going to school, you know, and now people are using this money that they're borrowing, not just for tuition, they're using it for, for housing and they're using it for food. They're not really living like a student. They're, they're living like um, a non-student. So what about starting now? What if you started saving now for your kids' education? And we've talked about this a couple of times over the years, but what I want to do is talk about specifically a couple different ways to, to do it. So the first option, you can get into one of these situations where you pay up front and you essentially freeze the amount of the tuition. Then there's some schools that are doing that. But the problem is, one, it's not flexible. And two, you're not controlling the money. And what you're putting in, all you're doing is prepaying and they are figuring out how much the money will grow potentially. And then they're charging you that, that lower discounted amount. So I'm not a big fan of that. Also, typically, it's through a specific school. And I don't think you want to tell your kids what schools um, they have to go to. Because if they're anything like my kids, you'll tell them the schools that they want to go to. And they will choose somewhere else. Well, well, well Dave your kids did not choose law school. So they're very smart. <laughs> what can I, what can I say? Nick's, Nick's, Nick's feeling a little, uh, a little down these days because he's, um, he, he's, he's at that point of maximum indebtedness and he's not making the money on that indebtedness yet. So um, he'll, he'll feel different next year. I hope. Right. I, I, I prefer sassy. Sassy. I like that. I like that. And Nick, I mean, if you want to be bummed out about something, I'll tell you what I've really been um, struggling this week. And I, I hope that I hope this doesn't bum you out too much. But I just saw a survey and it said that for every hot dog you eat, it reduces the length of your lifespan by 35 minutes. I don't know. if. You oh, my know. goodness. Well, 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 what about all the tacos I eat so close to the border here? <laughs> that could be a whole nother thing. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like anyone else when I go to the stadium. I, I like my Dodger dog. And um, I don't know that how I'm going to like my Dodger How about dog. them Dodgers, huh? You know, they're doing good. I'm liking that. But 35 minutes. Now, the other side of the coin is the survey showed that if you eat a PB&J, peanut butter and jelly, it adds um, 35 minutes to your life but you'll also have a lot of stuff stuck to the top of your mouth. So are you pulling my leg, Dave? No, this is a for real. This is a for real survey. I saw this. Um, actually, I don't remember where I saw it somewhere on the internet, but a, a for real straight up uh, survey kind of, kind of bumming me out. Cause I, I do like a hot dog from time to time. I don't know, Nick, you've, you've, you've got me, you've got me off on this whole tangent here. Let's get back to what we were talking about. Um, second thing that you could do to put together money ahead of time for a college education, uh, you could just put money in the bank, just put money in the bank. Um, you're not going to get a 
great rate of return. So you could put the money in an investment account and you can get a little better return. It's very flexible. You're in control. It's a real easy thing. It's not committed to anybody. It's good, except you will pay the taxes on the increase in value when that money comes out. So in, in exchange for the flexibility and the control, you pick up some taxability on the increase in value. The third thing is the one that I really like, and those are called 529 plans. And what you do is you set up a separate account and you put money in over the years and you put in your after-tax money, by the way, and there aren't limits on your income. In other words, if you make too much money, they don't make it so that you can't contribute to this account. Now, you can only put in a, an amount of money for, that would allow for a reasonable kind of education. So you can't put in like five, $600,000, but you can put a reasonable amount of money in, and some states have restrictions, but for the most part, you put a reasonable amount of money in over a period of time, and you let it start to grow. And Dave, money Dave, 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 let me interrupt. I'm so yep. sorry. I just want to go back to, you know, let's say I'm 18 years old mm -hmm. and, you know, some of our listeners, you know, they're 17, 18 right. years old, right, 19 right. years old. Mm -hmm. And let's say I want to put my money in an investment account. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree that the investment account doesn't even give you 1%? 1% return? Yeah. No, I mean, you, if you put money in an investment account and you put the money in some kind of ETF attached to the, the, you know, the S and P 500, right. you're going to do, you're going to do 10, 12% a year. And that's, that's part of where we're headed with this. That's the point. It's better than money in the bank. It's better than a tuition freeze of those kinds of things. You're putting the money away ahead of time and you're watching it grow. The thing I like about the 529 is it'll grow tax-free. And when the increased money comes out, it comes out tax-free as long as it's being used for education. So you're telling me I can put money in this 529 account and then not get taxed when I pull the money out? If you use it for educational. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, sounds great. You want me to blow your mind even a little further? You can even put it in a 529 for the benefit of your education, your education. So you put the money in there. And if you decide somewhere in the future, you want to go get another education, you can use that money for educationally related expenses. And the money that comes out and is used for that purpose is tax-free. So Nick, if this law thing doesn't work out, there's, there's always room to get some training to be a pastry chef or something. And the money coming out of that would be would be tax free. Now, if you don't use it for educational expenses, you pull it out and you pay tax on the increase in value. But frankly, you'd be doing that on a, you know, money in the bank anyway. So it almost doesn't matter. Now, if you don't have any kids, can you can can you change it to somebody else? Yeah, you can change it to almost anyone like grandkids. So if you decide not to use it, fine, you put your kids in place. Great. If they don't go to the school and use it. And this can be for college. This can be for um, trade school. This can be almost for everything. In fact, they recently changed a lot of these plans so that you can pull out up to $10,000, I believe, a year for, um, for high school. 
with no penalty, no penalty, no tax, no tax coming out used for educational expenses. So you are using the growth on that money to pay these educational expenses. This is huge. This is huge. I'll throw another thing um, on top of this for you. But wait, there's more. And that more is in California, (laughs) there is protection from creditors now for this money. Now, there's some limitations, but for the most part, there's protection from creditors, this money sitting in this 529 plan. Now, you can't have, you know, you can't have too large amount of money because if the government comes in and says, well, you got $6 million in there and, and um, that's too much money for the education, you know, of, of your kids or you or your kids, whatever, um, they might attack that until you tell them, no, I've got, I've got 16 kids and 32 grandkids. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is, it's a great place to put aside money to pay for education. And it's great to be able to pay for that education in advance and let the money that's put in there grow tax free. Now, Dave, let me ask you this. Does the uh, bank or the institution Mm -hmm. that holds onto the money Mm -hmm. have to pay directly to the college or is the um, the parent able to take out the money, then pay? Well, it seems to me that you would want to be able to take it out and send it uh, directly to the institution, even if the brokerage house or the bank um, doesn't require that. You want to be able to sh- um, assure or prove in the event of an audit that um, you know you were pretty tight on this because this can this money can be used for a computer. This can be money can be used for a printer. Um, it can be used for any one of a number of things, but you better be ready to show that it's directly related to educational expenses. It can be used for rent, but you better be prepared to show that it directly related to an education because, you know, Sam wants his money. And this is a, this is a great set of rules. Uh, we just have to learn how to comply with it pretty particularly. So, so put this money in. Maybe you go to a brokerage house and you put it in ETF right? Maybe something connected to the Dow, maybe something connected to the S&P. It's going to grow 10%, 12%, 8%, something like that a year. But that's powerful interest. That's powerful interest. And you let the miracle of compound interest start to work for you now. So let me give you a couple of examples. Let's say, uh, like you, Nick, you're out of school, you're going to start to make some money, you're not thinking about kids actively at this point. You might somewhere down the line, maybe maybe you have kids in three years. Who knows? Let's use that as an example. All that might be a little aggressive for you. But let's say you put money in now and a child is born three years from now. And so when they turn 18, there's been 21 years that that money's been building up. Well, let's take a look at this. 10,000 now would double and become 20, and 20 would go to 40, and 40 would go to 80 by the time the kid is ready to start school. That's three cycles. That's getting, you know, that's only getting, um, uh, you know, 10%, 11%, something like that. But let's say you don't have $10,000 now just to drop down on a fictitious potential kid. What if you put in $100 a month for 21 years and got 10%? What do you think that would come out to? Three ninety-five, almost one hundred percent. Yeah, no, well, eighty-five thousand. 
$85,000, $100 a month for 21 years. So by the time your kid's ready to go to school, you go, well, I got $85,000 you go to school. Now, is that going to be enough to go to, you know, some of the schools that are out there? Dave, no, no Dave, Dave, let's not talk about debt in schools, please, please. <laughs> Still feeling a little punky about that. We'll see how you feel next year. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. Oh, let's say, goodness. let's say you think uh, 85000 is not enough. Okay. Then put in two hundred a month for twenty-one years. That's one hundred and sixty thousand. That'll get you through even a graduate school kind of a, a situation. So I guess my point is, you see, education is generally cheaper, maybe even cheap, if you save up and pay for it ahead of time. It is so much cheaper if you don't have to pay tax on the growth of that money, and you can provide for uh, the education of your kids or your grandkids. Um, or anyone else for that matter. But um, if you pay for it up front, you let the magic of compounding interest work for you. Now you're going to be able to pay or substantially pay for a kid's education. And they're not going to be part of this group that's walking out with these very difficult um, student loans. You know, uh, about a year ago, we were talking about paying for um, education. We said, wouldn't it be a great thing if when, when a couple had a, a baby shower, if instead of people brought stuff um, you know, people brought a, a check and it was put into an educational fund. Well, the way to do it would be a 529, obviously. And that would be the way to do it. The cool thing is that it's, it's really pretty easy to set up. You can go to almost any brokerage house, maybe even a bank, I don't know. Um, and they all have all types of 529 plans and they can vary from state to state. But any brokerage house, you walk into a Schwab, into a Fidelity, into any of these places, um, Ameritrade, wherever, and say, I need a 529 plan. They'll give you the paperwork to set it up. You put the money in there. You invest the money how you see fit. Nothing high flying necessarily. Put it in something that's kind of boring, something that's going to just continue to slowly grow and that interest is going to compound. And when it comes time for the kids to go to school, they're going to have um, all sorts of options, all sorts of ways to pay for that education. And if you decide that's not what you want to do, you take the money out and pay the tax on it. And you're just all that much better because you've had that money grow. Um, but you're going to have to pay tax on it if you want to put it back in your pocket. So that might be something a little ag aggressive, a little early in the curve for a lot of our listeners, but certainly something to think about, especially especially in this age where education is getting so expensive. Next week, we're going to talk about the third thing to consider, philanthropy. Philanthropy. Here we spend four years almost talking about how to accumulate money and how to make money work for you. And next week, we're going to talk about giving it all away. I know, I know, but it'll make sense when you tune in next week. This is Dave Hagan. And you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, Nixter, hit me with that uh, first email. 
Yeah. So Dave, this is from Pete and says, Dave, I'm trying to pay more attention to the financial market. Try to read financial periodicals, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, etc. I even listen to Jim Cramer. I love Jim Cramer, by the way. I love that's, my, that, that's my editorial. Yeah. Um, some experts say that the markets are due for a 10% correction. So, you know, because of COVID, people are telling me that we're due for the largest economic boom since the 20s. Who's right? How the hell would I know? You know, Pete, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, if I did, I'd bottle it and sell it. I mean, you listen to all these people, um, you know, some are predicting gloom and doom and, and some are predicting like this amazing economic expansion. Um, I mean, how the hell would I know? In fact, if I knew I wouldn't bottle it and sell it, I'd, I'd use that information to make myself extremely, extremely wealthy. I think the true answer is nobody knows. You know, everyone is speculating or um, they're really speculating under the guise of their expert opinion based upon their so-called expertise. I mean, they're, they're guessing. Now, it might be education, educated guessing, but I think they're... Um, they're guessing. So I don't, I really don't know. I tell you what I do know. I do know it's damn near impossible to time the market. Everyone sells, says, um, you know, buy low, sell high. It's impossible to do that, especially with, uh, with particularity. Um, it's just not a way to approach any type of investing. That's why you need a, a long-term view. You need a long-term view of investing. I'll tell you, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine um, this week. And he's a pretty savvy investor and collector. And he says, Dave, you know, after all these years, I finally figured out the secret to investing. And I thought, my God, this is going to be great. And he says, just go and put your money in the S&P 500. He says, if you look at the past 30, 40 years, uh, certainly since 82, the S&P has returned on average 10, 12%. And he says, you don't need to know anything about it. You don't need to be sophisticated. You just go and uh, put it into an ETF that models the S&P 500, which is a collection of 500 really strong stocks. And uh, they periodically meet and drop some of the dogs out and bring in some of the, the high flyers. Um, but if you have a stock portfolio that models the S&P 500, or if you have an ETF that follows the S&P 500 or models the S&P 500, you're in pretty good shape. And I thought, Dave, wow, that's Dave, pretty pithy Dave, advice. Dave, 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 yeah. are you telling me Tesla is a very good company to own? Well, you know, I kind of do. I kind of do. Um, but it's got to be part of someone's larger investment strategy. You're not just going to go run out and buy a fistful of Tesla. If it's part of a larger plan, sure, it makes sense. Sure, it makes sense. The thing I like about this is anyone can do this. All you got to have is a little bit of time. All you got to do is walk into a brokerage house, set up the account, start putting the money in it. That's why we talk about it so much. The other thing that I know and, and hold very fervent in my heart is that it's important to diversify. And then the Tesla question that you just brought up is a good example. No one should have all their money in Tesla. No one should have all their money in crypto, if at all. No one should have all their money in Apple, even though it's been like one of the best success stories the last 20 years. But it's important to have a diversified portfolio. And if you're following the S&P 500, you're diversified over 500 companies. Maybe you even want to be diversified more than that. And there's some funds that you can buy that are even more diversified. But 
it's important to be diversified. I was talking to a friend of mine and again, another friend who's an investor, extremely, extremely successful um, over the years. And he was talking about this fund that he bought into. And he said, look, there's, there's a thousand different transactions that are part of this fund. And he said, I don't worry about any one transaction um, going bad. Because if one transaction out of a thousand goes bad, that means I've just lost a thousandth of a percent. I've only lost a tiny little bit if it completely goes to zero and not too many investments go completely to zero. So um, I think it's important to inverse, diversify. I think it's important to take a long-term view of investing. That I know. Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know. But it's going to be really interesting to see what goes on. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on in, in other things as well. Real estate. I mean, look what real estate's done the last year. Seems to be holding, but man, you never know, right, Nick? Dave, what is going on with real estate? I, I know, you know, I, I don't know if it's part-time anymore or full-time, but I know that you're an agent, a broker, and I, I, I mean, it's hot. It's as hot as can be, right? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, the last um, bunch of months as a broker has just been fabulous. You put something on the market and people line up. I think it's a, um, um, a number of things. One, um, I think that interest rates are so low that people can pay more than they otherwise might have chosen to pay uh, just because the interest rates are low, uh, so low too. I think there's a lot of people that didn't get affected um, by the COVID so much. They were getting uh, government payments. They weren't having the monthly outflow. We talked about this during COVID series. They were going out and they weren't buying drinks or whatever. And this money started to build up. And now they've, now they've got money in their pocket. Three, I think there's, there's a shortage of housing, you know, on the, on the low end and, and even to some extent on the upper end. And so I think uh, when there's supply and demand, supply goes down, demand goes up and the, and the price goes up. But it's been a crazy time, and I, I can't imagine that it can continue to go up or even be sustained, but it might. It, it just might. So, Dave, let me ask you number four. Yeah. If, if you had, let's just say, a couple hundred thousand dollars to put money in an investment property, mm-hmm. where in the United States right now would you go? Austin, Texas. Do you know why? That's no, but I have a friend who's actually doing that right yeah. now. So you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very interested. The reason is Elon moved there. Really? Elon, my man. You know, he had like three um, mansions here in, in, in the Los Angeles area. And someone was giving him some, some lip about, oh, you know, you're a rich guy, blah, 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 blah. So he sold it. He wasn't happy with California anyway, because they were, you know, wanting him to close for COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he sold it all. And he moved to uh, Austin, Texas. In fact, that's where one of their spaceports is. So he's near the spaceport. It looks like, it looks like uh, SpaceX will stay, at least for the time being, in Southern California. Uh, the Tesla Design Center, which is located at the same place, is going to stay, at least for the time being. But Elon Musk moved to Austin. And there have been another, a number of other companies that have moved to Austin. And um, you got to think that when a lot of people are going there, that the property values are going up. Now, Elon didn't buy a mansion. You know what he's living in? Like I, one of these. I think I heard of this. It's like a 300 square foot. Pre-made like- house um, with his, his girlfriend and their child. And, you know, she 
does songs and, you know, da, 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 da. And I mean, he is really showing people that he's motivated by, you know, um, creating these incredible things and doing these incredible things. And, you know, I suppose, um, depending upon how much you buy into all this, moving humanity forward. But um, that's pretty interesting. So, so Dave, let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm personally very, in, like, not invested, but I want to be invested in real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, once I get out of the huge debt that I'm in, mm-hmm. thanks to law school. Right. And w- what's so good about Texas compared to Florida, compared to anywhere else in the United States? Well, one, prices have been lower than here. So there's room for those property values to grow too. There's, there's less, um, you know, restrictions and interventions by government. Um, People want to move there. And the more that people want to move there, the more there will be more demand and the supply is going to stay pretty much the same unless they start building the heck out of the place. But, and property values are going to go up. But what about Montana? (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people want to move to Montana. Well, True, true. I mean, Montana is incredible. I don't know if you've ever been up there, but that is really something. But Montana has some really, really cold months. Texas doesn't have those kinds of problems. Uh, not problems, but those kinds of challenges. So, um, you know, I, I think Montana is going to be uh, going up in value. I think um, Idaho has become very popular. You know, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, everyone was running to Orange County. Um, end of the San Fernando Valley to get away from property values in Los Angeles. Well, now Orange County's full up. The Valley is full up. And so people are looking to, to move to other spots. So they're looking at Nevada. They're looking at, you know, um, uh, some of these other places, like I said, Idaho, um, Montana, I guess, to some extent, Utah has seen a lot of growth and that's, that's beautiful country, by the way. Oh my goodness gracious. Who would have thought, um, but as population moves out, the property the property values go up. And, and Dave, it's something I just thought of, but I think it, a good topic for next episode would be to buy property and to rent it out through Airbnb, and we can talk about the financials. About well, that's a that's a huge thing to talk about. I'd love to talk about. Um, I mean, a lot of places they're calling them stir short term rentals. Uh, apparently, it's yeah. extremely lucrative. Um, because the the the, the cost of, of marketing isn't nearly what it was. I mean, it used to be back in the day you put an ad in the newspaper. Now it's you know right there on the on the internet. Um, but property can generate a lot of income, the right kind of property, um, you know, on a short term rental basis. The problem is the neighborhood in which those places are located are being changed because they're going from residential where you, you say, Hey, Hey, Phil, how you doing? As opposed to, you know, somebody different every other weekend. So that's really created a problem in, in a lot of the resort communities, um, at least around in this area, but that would be a really interesting um, thing to talk about. That'd be great. Yeah, I think so. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. I think that's enough. We've talked about, you know, the, the second thing to consider, which is education, uh, the number two thing uh, and the final three things that we're going to think about being, um, you know, housing, education and philanthropy. We spent today talking about education and we had a really interesting conversation, I think, about the market. Nick, thanks again for coming and hanging out. Davey, it's always been a pleasure. All right, everybody else out there listening, tune in next week. 
This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.